0: You're listening to LP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM.
1: We want folks to have those curious moments of, of coming down the sidewalk.
0: Coming to you from Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but Mostly, it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. Today, we're taking curiosity home. Several years ago, early on in my choose-to-be-curious tenure, I got to know Allie Henry, who was then with the Walk Arlington team. We formed a quick and easy bond, what with my enthusiasm for walking and her warmth and all-around fabulous community-mindedness. The connection has lasted through several moves, a job change or two, and her grad school in Canada. And then, coincidentally enough, we both found ourselves moving in the midst of the pandemic. For years, we'd been having conversations about placemaking and community building, and suddenly, our theories were being put to a very specific test. How do we build a sense of belonging in a place where we can't easily meet the neighbors or have friends and family over? How does a place become home when many of the usual markers are missing? And because this is me, after all, how might curiosity help? Macy Paisley, an artist and curator now based in Detroit, calls it neighboring. This art of intentional connection making with the people And places around us. He starts with an expectation that we get to know who was in the place before us, who the respected elders are, who or what the place names memorialize. And he expands the concept to focus on the importance of sharing, borrowing from one another, sharing stories, sharing the gifts of time and attention. I like his choice of language, making a verb of neighboring an action word a choice, an idea, I imagine, that resonates with my guest. Allie Henry is Director of Community Planning for the Roslyn Bid. She recently wrapped up her graduate work at the School of Community and Regional Planning at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. Her current title is an apt reflection of her deep-seated desire to build community a commitment that goes well beyond her professional responsibilities. So welcome, Allie.
1: Thank you so much, Lynn. It's so exciting to be chatting with you today.
0: Uh, It's great to finally have you on the show. So how is it being back in the new old home?
1: Yeah, so I I came back from Vancouver uh, when the borders were closing with the pandemic, and I'm back in Arlington with my partner, Andrew, and our little dog bear. And it it just feels so wonderful to be back home, settled back into our life here in Arlington. What an incredible two year experience. Very grateful to be to be back. So what what makes it home? Oh, my goodness. For me, it's it's really about the people and and Mm. the community and kind of the sense of of belonging and place that I feel here. And I I didn't always feel that way because I'm a transplant to Arlington, like like many folks in our community, and I bounced around a lot to different apartments and different neighborhoods. And through community work and getting involved with different advocacy work, with with community planning and and transportation and, and really just walking the streets, it really started to feel like I made those connections with the place and the people and, and to me that's sense of belonging is, is what home is all about. And you know, at a more intimate level it's it's Andrew and, and our family, but at a community level it really is having those connections to my neighbors and to our street and, and to our kind of civic life here in Arlington.
0: You know, it's so interesting because I've been thinking that, you know, our language of home is is sort of a metaphor for this larger idea of placemaking and a sense of belonging that you call a place home. Even if it's not actually where you live, it still feels like it's home. And I wonder, you know, how how does one actually plan for home? How does one plan for that sense of belonging? You've actually done some thinking and studying about this? What's that mean?
1: Yeah. So, and that's been a big kind of part of what has inspired me to go back to school and to do my master's in community planning because, you know, for years I worked in community engagement and I was listening to folks and chatting with people who may not actually physically live in a space that they consider home. So how do you help them create that connection? And and I think it really comes down to creating spaces and places through design and through the way that we manage public space that help people connect. And whether that's you know being able to sit on a bench and just see other people around you so you don't feel lonely, or maybe that's having... You know those random encounters with your neighbor that if if you didn't have those communal spaces to kind of slow down and gather and talk, you would otherwise, you know, not get to know their name. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is just being thoughtful in the way that we design our spaces, and 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 more importantly, I think for me is our public spaces, so that they're a little sticky and they get people to slow down and they get people to engage and. And I think all, the ultimate goal for me has always been not just to have people enjoy their spaces, but feel a sense of ownership and belonging. And I think that's the beauty of public engagement is that if, if somebody can feel that they're part of the planning process, they feel like it, there's a little piece of it that belongs to them. Mm. That's really so, so important. And I think through placemaking and planning, if it's community-led, and it's people-focused. That's that's where you can start to really have people identify as this is my home and I belong here.
0: Of course, the thing for me that, that, that is sticky <laughs> in particular mm-hmm. about that is the slowing down and the engagement. Because it feels like, I mean, this is choose to be curious, right? Those mm-hmm. are places that create space for curiosity. Right. And I'm wondering... I don't know if you think about it this way, but whether you there are sort of curiosity practices that you use personally or that you think the rest of us can use in in that slowing down and engagement process,
1: yeah, that's such a fun question. Uh, I think a lot of the work is creating an opportunity to sit in the space and just watch how people are moving through the space, who's in the space, how are they using it, mm-hmm. and really just watching and observing and then taking that time to listen to people and actually hear how they would describe the space and how what, what they would like to use the space for. But Lynn, one of the things I think you and I share in common is that we also just love to walk through a space. And yes. every time yep. we walk through a space, you see something different depending on what time of day or what season. And I think that that is also an incredibly, incredibly powerful tool, not only for folks who care about community planning, but also just what an incredible way to get to know your neighborhood. And I think that's something you and I have really shared in common is this understanding that when you slow down and you're, not, you know, speeding through a neighborhood in a car, but you're really walking it and, and looking at all those little details along the way. Like that is, that to me is where uh, you really can truly kind of understand the core of, of, a, of a space in a neighborhood.
0: I think that's really true. And of course, we have the, this sort of delightful coincidence of, you know, you're working in my new neighborhood, which is only a mile from where I've lived for, you know, 35 years. But but I, but I approach it differently. I feel about it differently. I'm walking in it differently because it feels like it's my home now. It's my neighborhood. And, you know, kind of being very intentional about sort of noticing things that I might have, you know, even walking in the neighborhood for years, and I worked in Roslyn for a bunch of years too, you kind of blow past things. But when slowing down, and I, I think of them as curiosity walks, right? Where like I sort of set myself a task of looking for certain things. And and I've sort of enjoyed actually what's been going on in Roslyn with the efforts to kind of draw people's attention to the place. Like you're not right. letting us just go blinders. I'm in an urban area. I'm just going to move quickly through this. You're sort of intentionally slowing us down, literally putting signs up to get us to pay mm-hmm. attention creating amenities and things to slow us
1: down. I just wanted to say I notice it. I appreciate it. I see it happening. And, um, that's so important. And it it's the difference of, I, I love what you said of, you know, you were just a mile up the hill, but Roslyn has such a different feel uh, than Courthouse or Columbia mm-hmm. Pike or North Arlington. And it's just really important to let each neighborhood have its own unique Charm and you know what what we do in Rosalind is is certainly not going to be the, the the same strategies for planning or community building in 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 Columbia Pike or Crystal City. So each neighborhood has its own residents and and folks who are working there and, and adding life to the space. And and we yeah. really just can't kind of cookie cutter a planning philosophy and, and just assume that it's going to work in every neighborhood. And I I think that's Was one of my biggest takeaways from school. There's no one answer. With the with the pandemic, even more. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, of course we have this we have this common experience of moving in the pandemic, which other people kept (laughs) pointing out to me, like that feels big, and I'm I'm curious if you had that feeling too, and why maybe that is, but also that the pandemic I think sort of threw into very sharp relief the importance of open spaces for our yeah. literal health and well being, you know, yeah. not just, it's a nice to have, but it's a, it's a gotta have. And, and sort of thinking about how do you create more of those spaces, which is something you've actually been working on with a bit. So sort of a two-part question, both sort of, why does it feel big to move in the pandemic? Um, and then this second question of the importance of, finding having or creating these open fresh air spaces
1: right yeah no, i know this is this is where my head has been the last few months i, I love this question mm-hmm. lynn but uh, you know and i would love to hear your take on it but so much of our experience again and, and this is you know this place is home it's where i belong it's about having those connections with your neighbor or knowing that, you know, the little corner store around the street has, you know, your favorite morning croissant and you're going to walk in and they're going to know your name. (laughs) Um, and so when you, when you're moving in the middle of the pandemic, um, you know, and I was going from being in a mid rise building, uh, uh, you know where everybody was kind of just like running through the communal spaces and going straight into their their apartments and 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 closing the door cuz everybody was so anxious about covid when it sort of first started to to hit in vancouver and then moving moving home it was just it was fascinating because you're kind of told you know be mindful of of, of trying to be home as much as you can and um you know just kind of go out for your essential needs and it feels really isolating to be yeah. in in this environment where you're you're kind of moving and you're getting settled into a new place and a new neighborhood for you and the way that you would typically connect is is going to you know maybe meet your neighbors and and walking around and and just uh, enjoying that space and so right now it feels very different when there's this kind of uneasiness about um, are these communal spaces indoors somewhere that I feel comfortable spending time? You know, Mm -hmm. does your neighbor actually feel comfortable stopping in the hallway and and talking and getting to know each other or, you know, inviting folks into your home to to share some coffee and get to know each other? And all that's so disrupted with COVID that I do, I feel it, it can be incredibly isolating for folks. And that's, I think what leads me to my second point of this is that with, with open space and and, and public space, there's nothing more important than making sure it feels public and it doesn't feel private Mm -hmm. Folks know that they're welcome to come there. And it's, it's a space where everyone is welcome and it, it should be used in different ways, different times of day. And, so right now, with, with so many folks, and especially in a community like Arlington, where we are, Lynn, most people, majority of Arlingtonians don't own their own home. And the majority of us also live in multifamily. So right. that means you don't have, you know, your own backyard and, and your own outdoor space that you can access to get fresh air and and just be by trees. So you really do need to rely on our public spaces as being that refuge for you. And in, and now we're, we're finding more than ever that having access to fresh air and in, in, in that green space is truly what people need to thrive, not only from like a mental well-being, but also, you know, there's studies showing that it makes people happier and emotionally and physically healthier. Um, more productive, which is important when now our homes are also our offices. So wow, I mean, it's it's truly just it's something I think we already knew, but I think it's it's bringing it to the forefront of the media's attention and and I think having this fear of wow, I don't have anywhere to go because I don't have a balcony and my you know high rise uh, rooftop is closed. Um, and so wow, it's. It's even more important, I think, today for those public spaces to be accessible for all and to make sure that they're being designed in a way that, you know, there's comfortable seating that's distanced out and there's shade and there's, you know, access to making sure that everyone in our community feels welcome there. I think that's also a really critical piece of this. It's often the privilege that have access to maybe having, you know, great community parks or we're really right. nice community amenities, but it's it's really as much as it is about health. It's about equity as well.
0: So I know it seemed like a sort of a funny compound question, both sort of this intimate question about home, but then this systemic question. But I, but I feel like it's two sides of the same coin. That on the intimate level, our curiosity is being thwarted. You know, we can't get we can't build or explore those relationships in the way that we might. And yet on the flip side, these efforts that are being put in place to sort of encourage our curiosity to literally get us out and, and interacting in some new and different ways. So it's, um, Uh, It's a way of, I mean, I think what you're doing is creating new ideas about how we make connection, even at a time where connection is a little more challenging. That's that's not a small task.
1: Yeah, well, and it's, I I think that's kind of the beauty of placemaking is that, you know, in an ideal scenario, like you said, it would be programming and designing spaces to bring people together physically. Right now with, with COVID, I think a lot of our opportunity to make sure that we're still um, making folks feel connected is that placemaking, there are also a lot of passive activations that we can do throughout the neighborhood. And I think a, a nice example of this is the work of the Roslyn Bid, um, we had to have a campaign Roslyn Ready, and it's, you know, with the goal of making sure that folks feel safe and connected, and, and they know that this these spaces are being cleaned and maintained, and we've put over a thousand different decals throughout the neighborhood, and, and these are sidewalk stickers and building wraps and, um, you know, temporary signage on street banners and across skywalks. And the idea was really, if somebody is walking down the street uh, and there there is a sidewalk decal with some, you know, messaging that's meant to be a bit lighthearted, but also sharing that, you know, this is the seriousness of the pandemic, but it's an opportunity to say, you know, hey, we're here, we still care. We're still making sure this neighborhood is is ready for you. And you know, I kind of, I kind of, really appreciate that the, the passive placemaking is still today is so relevant because we want folks to have those curious moments of, of coming down the sidewalk and and seeing that there is happy messaging there, you know, safety messaging that we're still out making sure the neighborhood feels comfortable and it's still a way for people to connect because as I'm passing down the sidewalk seeing it, five minutes later you might be too. And it's something that we can share. And I think as well as making sure that you know these public spaces have seating and and shade and and they still feel comfortable because more than ever that that might be somebody's new living room or or outdoor space where they come to read the newspaper or catch up on emails. So I think making making sure people feel comfortable, whether that's you know being able to distance out at the sidewalk furniture a little bit more or expand helping a restaurant expand their outdoor space so that they can welcome more folks to to come and and to eat at their cafes and restaurants. Those are so important, and we have the flexibility to test and try out all of these different strategies. That you know. Uh, have been around for for years, but often maybe the planning or the zoning codes uh, don't allow for that flexibility in a normal situation where with COVID, I think we're seeing a lot of cities really look through that toolbox and say, let's let's test this out and, and see how it goes and learn from it. And it can be tweaked, but it's such an unusual circumstance that we're in. That it is a planner. It's it's really a fascinating time to be to be working in public space because there's, you know, no perfect answer. It's let's do our best and let's pilot and and see what what can help folks feel comfortable and secure and healthy and help our businesses navigate this incredibly challenging time.
0: I love that as as again sort of taking the. The pandemic as an opportunity to test an experiment, which is like one big curiosity practice right yeah. there of like how might we do this differently? It's it's great. Before I let you go, are you ready for my big jar want to be analogies?
1: Of course, I love this part. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. So I have this big jar, little slips of paper in it. Um, I'm taking out three: one for you, one for me, and one for the audience. We're going to make an analogy to curiosity with whatever is on these slips. And so yours is doorbell. Okay. And mine is snorkeling and we have one for the audience as well. So do you want, you want to go or you want me to go?
1: (laughs) Doorbell and snorkeling. (laughs) I'll let you go first.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. So snorkeling. Um, I'm going to say that curiosity is like snorkeling, um, because you have to sort of dive in, put your head down and pay attention to things that you can't otherwise see. I mean, snorkeling allows you to see things that you can't see when you sit up on the surface of the water. And I think curiosity is the same thing and allows you to see things you might not otherwise see. So how about doorbell? How is curiosity like a doorbell?
1: You know, I think, Curiosity is like a doorbell um, because you have to you have to actively choose to, to press that ring the doorbell to invite curiosity in. And I, oh, I think nice. it's 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 in all of us. But I think being mindful of, you know, going down the street and, and really observing what's around you and, and inviting that curiosity in is something that I have to remind myself to do daily.
0: Nice, nice, very nice. I love it as a, it's like a welcome at invitation. It's a perfect way to bring it home on the it, <laughs> on
1: today's no, conversation. Did, did you did you choose that
0: one? <laughs> no, yeah. no. See this this is so I'm funny. In home. You know there is something cosmic about the big jar of wannabe analogies. Every once in a while, <laughs> things come out of there, and it's like, wow, that was planted. But <laughs> but not so, not so. Yeah. I genuinely take these things out randomly. That's just the universe saying that it's an important topic.
1: <laughs> I love that, and I and I I think it's also just so fascinating. You and I have known each other for years, and 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 certainly bonded over our love of walking. But it's also just so fun to see years later that it's this topic of home that yeah you know, we're we're sitting here chatting about today because really at the core that's always been about what you and I have talked about is that we were two strangers that are common interest was walking, but it's it's also that shared experience of, of being in Arlington and, and coming from such different backgrounds and, and stages in life and, and, and living in different areas and, and really it's that curiosity of, of experiencing Arlington and slowing down and getting to know our neighbors and our neighborhood and just those human connections that, that really this is this is for me what planning and community engagement is all about and so it's it's kind of this wonderful thing that years later uh this is the topic that we we landed on which feels really appropriate and fun um it, it, does, it does and <laughs> yeah.
0: thank you so much for joining me uh, to do it
1: well thank you and hopefully uh our, our next chat will be we'll be outside together walking Roslyn it's a date uh, I hope to do that with you and love to see it through your eyes because I think so much of our work is just chatting with with neighbors and and residents and folks who visit the neighborhood and listening and learning how how you experience it so that we can keep making sure that Arlington feels like home for everyone so yeah but thank you so much Lynn this was so fun
0: you've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can catch all my previous episodes on my website at choosetobecurious.com. I hope you'll follow me there and on Facebook and on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. I forgot. The audience analogy word for this week is vase. How is curiosity like a vase? Let me know. Facebook, Twitter, hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my lovely guest and someday once again walking partner, Allie Henry. Check out links to both Walk Arlington and the Roslyn Bid on my website. Thanks too to Sean Ballack for our theme music. And this is Shift of Currents by Aeronaut via Blue Dot Sessions. So as you go out about your day, what do you notice about where and why you feel comfortable and How might curiosity better connect you to the people and places around you? I hope you'll join us again next time. And until then, choose to be curious. As we approach the end of the year, you and I will all be getting a lot of requests for donations to causes we love and hold dear. This year, those pleas are all the more pointed. And as you consider your giving, I hope you will keep WERA and Arlington Independent Media in mind. AIM has been working hard this year to keep the programming coming, even with our staff reduced and the studios closed with the pandemic. If you like what you hear here on WERA, if you support training like what I received to make it possible for me to be talking to you today, If you believe in the importance of free and independent media in this day and age, I encourage you to make a donation. Go to ArlingtonMedia.org to make your tax-deductible contribution today. Thank you. Funding for Choose to be Curious is provided in part by Concentric Private Wealth, where changemakers develop clarity for today and confidence for tomorrow by centering on what matters most— which involves more than just money. More information at www.concentricpw.com. Advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, a registered investment advisor. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com. Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova Househunter.